This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. We are back. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. We're not in boxes on the screen. It's tripping me out. Oh, my God. When do they throw us curveballs like this? I don't know. I kind of like it. Can you focus? I don't know. I generous. <laughs> this to me, I, this is good. I like this look for Kipper and I. The the robots aren't working. I know. Come on, camera robots. Oh, just kidding, Jen. Kind of reminds me of the old uh, Hockey Central at noon days. This one here? Yeah, with the two shot. Well, you know what? If we zoom out farther, we got room for a three spot nah, here, good. Sam. You can get I'm in good. here and see. I never experienced the uh, the Hockey Central at noon here on TV. Yeah, you well, did. you guys did it in the CBC studio. No, they did it the the big Buddy, I used to watch you every day on it. Uh, here? Yes. Here. No, we did it at the CBC. Yeah, it was at the big big table. No, we CBC did it here. Spaceship. I messed up once. Didn't have the interviewer on TV and had you guys on radio only. So the radio heard everything. TV heard you guys and no and no guests. So definitely, you've been here. I can't remember what I had for breakfast today. So <laughs> maybe that's uh, the bigger issue I, in all of this. I got to say, we're getting some early positive returns on the two shot from the YouTube commenters. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's a good look. It's almost uh, like Jimmy Kimmel kind of feel. <laughs> Am I Jimmy or are you Jimmy? I don't know, Or man. the Tonight Show with... Uh, I'm Fallon. just Ed McMahon. I just sit here and go, yep. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was almost going to drop a Johnny Carson reference, but I'm like, no, you dinosaur. Don't do it. And Andy, you did Andy, it for me. Andy Richter's a better reference, but I wanted to keep it up your era. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandale, General Nick, Sammy McKee, Leafs coming off a 6-5 loss to the St. Louis Blues in, uh, can you believe it? Their their first shootout of the season. Yeah, it never happens. Like, is that true? Like, it's one of those things you're like, that, wait, can that be how, true? How can you go almost half a season without uh, pushing it to a, a I shootout? Want, I want to say in the past few years, and, you know, I don't know why I didn't do this prior to the show, but I think oh. they had three last year. Not I many. Wanna, I want to say they were in three last year. I can do this really quickly here. Um, I love the shootout. I, so Sammy has some contrarian takes that I think are contrarian just for the sake of being contrarian. That's not one. I think he believes that. He loves the shootout. I, I just love, I just think it's a, it tells me a lot about a player, how they handle the shootout. Last year, the Leafs were in four shootouts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think as a, as a pure spectacle, why wouldn't you love one-on-one? -on -one? Well, because it's not just a pure spectacle. Oh my God, the year before they were in one shootout. Yeah, they don't do many. It is. It's just a. Uh, it's just a. Uh, yeah, you're you're gonna stick around and watch it. You could love it or hate it. Mm -hmm. Much like car accidents, you're gonna slow down. To love those to watch them. <laughs> well, you love them because you're not in them. Right. Okay. Fair enough. You're right. You have. But to you check will them out. slow down and watch it. Yes. And I will say, as shootouts go. I am an NHL watcher. I watch a shootout every night. That's just the way the NHL works. Mm -hmm. That was unbelievable. There were some goals in that shootout, like poor Jordan Bennington's ankles between Marner and Matthews. And Nylander got him, too. He just flubbed the shot yeah. into the top corner. Yeah. And he made a good save on Sandine. But I just, do you agree? You know, it just says a lot about Braden Shen, who goes in there and just goes top speed, picks up the puck, and fires and it over the blocker. And ends it. And just tells me what you need to know. He's not 
farting around, coming out to the sideboards, six dipsy doodles. He just goes in there, shoots a blocker, See, you goes in the your net. eyes all cynical about those guys. Two guys on your team did that and no, scored six goals. Not even close. Matthews swung out a little Dead's bit. pace, yeah. But he had pace, and that cut to the back end. Like, I just love seeing what these guys think of, and it just it doesn't happen that often. So Marner with a nasty one, too. I love the shootout. Not in, the, not in big games, not in world championship games or not Olympics or anything. But at the, in the regular season, why not? You know what I was thinking about in the shootout? What? How are these two goalies still in this game? Because they stunk last night. <laughs> Agree. That's a really great point. Ten goals between the two of them, and they're in there. And they also gave up how many? Six goals in the shootout? Somebody get yanked. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Here's, uh, this is and, the ten- and even Samsonov. Yeah. Like, how many blown leads? How many... Uh, how many leads that uh, you came back, you're close, and you're like, this guy just doesn't quite have it tonight. I I, I was thinking this is going to cost the Leafs a point or two keeping them in. Yeah. It's actually one of the under-discussed downsides of having a tandem is you don't want to put the other guy in because then the other guy is going to go the next night, right? And so now your whole rotation, your goalie plan That's is off. You can't just put him in. Exactly what I was going to say. That fifth goal goes in and Shulgren's the backup. He's, He's in. in the net. There's just no question. I tweeted you're like, ah. as soon as that fifth one went in, they went in, in such succession. It was bing, bing, bing. I said, pull him. Is there Get the hook this year? And it, so I think the, I think they're probably afraid of Murray. So that's one theory. Cold. The other theory is oh. that you're 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 scared you're gonna lose him. You're gonna you're scared that uh, he's gonna, yeah. uh, I don't know, uh, lose his confidence. Like that's part of it. Let's let's start out with Samsonov on his comments last night because, for the most part, now that we're coming close to the halfway mark in the in the season, I'd say give me give me a percentage of. The overall uh, uh, positive vibes for both these guys at the halfway mark. Like, give me a percentage of of, of the positive. So, like, vibe. am I like fifty percent positive for these guys? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, about there. I, I'm. I'm. April, are you doing a vi- are you doing a vibe check? I'm doing a vibe <laughs> check. <laughs> I'd say for the first half of the season, they're, they're they've been 85 percent all positive. Yeah. Right, but now we're on how many games? We're going back a lot of games till you find one where you go, boy, the goalie sure good, wasn't he? So I want you to listen to Samsonov talk after the game, and you tell me that... Uh, Can I say what Sammy called him before we listen to this? No, no, after. Okay. After. <laughs> uh, just listen to Samsonov and his tone and the way he comes across, and you tell me that... That the majority of the season has been positive for both these two guys. Let's have a listen to Samsonov last night. How do you uh, try to have a short memory with each game that passes to just, you know, flush it and kind of focus on the next one? It's not too easy. It's a hard, uh, the same same work like uh, in a gym or on the ice. You need a good some need to come to the game with a good uh, mental spot. Uh, sometimes it's work, sometimes not. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, new day, sun is up. Yeah, and uh, we're coming back to work and hard. Hey, he's down. <laughs> like, he's down. Yeah. Sammy called him Russian Jack Campbell. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Russian Jack. Oh, no. no. Russia Jack. It's, I mean, but I get Does it. Does that sound like a guy that for the, mo- the majority of the season, it's, it has been positive for him and, and Matt Murray? He sounded no, like, he lost, like uh, he lost his puppy. I think part of that is what you get when you have a guy whose whole career rides on one season, right? Like you, you're waiting on a next contract, on a next NHL opportunity, and so, and you only get how many starts is a tandem guy in a season who's been injured. You might get 30 starts all year. So each one is a significant percentage of how you're weighed, and when it goes wrong four in a row, yeah, yeah, even if it went well before, your puppy's missing, if not lost. Missing. I I didn't like the part where he says sometimes it works and sometimes not. <laughs> the, the not part worries me. <laughs> that is concerning. Right? He also said the, the sun will come up tomorrow, and I don't know if you looked outside in Toronto today. But, uh-uh. God, this is a quick Jeez. aside. The weather here is horrible. Just it, snow. There's Just, no sun. It's awful. It anyway. is, it is um, very gloomy. I'm just con- the thing that scares me the most about this is the track record with Samsonov with the hot starts and then get gone. Yeah. And it's kind of happening again. So he still makes some 10 beller saves. The one yeah. in overtime right? off the off the rebound yes. was a absolute 10 beller. But you can see parts of his game where okay, I I get why Washington let him go. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like there's sometimes you look at the net and it's like eh, it looks pretty six by four ish open. Yeah, who someone had a breakaway and he caught it. I forget if it was a shootout attempt. It was Cairo when the whole left side of the net yeah. blocker and it was, was like wide open. He shot it, it right in his that's glove. That's when you you mess up and you get bad information back. Like as in like it worked. He caught it, but it's like that he wasn't in a good spot no. on that. No, he just looks to me like sometimes he just cannot stay in control of his body movements. Yeah. Too busy? I I don't know what it is. Is, you know is it too busy or you, is it just uh uh just misreading? I, I don't know what it is, but there're just sometimes you go, okay, uh, how, how did he fall or how did he end up in that body honestly, position? He's on his stomach too quick. You know, that was actually I had a college goaltender that that was a tendency of his really good goaltender. But the second one shot would come, he'd lean so far forward, he's on his belly and he's scrambling. The Kairu goal, you know, it hits him. Like to see him hang on to it. And now because he's on his stomach, he's got no no mobility. Um, you know, the Levo goal, he's leaning forward, and that's why, you know, the rebound is not able to move laterally. So yeah, I agree. A little bit floppy, a little bit of concern with old Sammy. And it does maybe it is confidence based, but there was at least that's fixable. Absolutely nothing to like out of that game, and I'm just thinking, like, either way, either way, yeah, like, like, okay, uh, maybe the fourth line, maybe for the Leafs, yeah, yeah, okay, and we'll get into that a little later because I know <laughs> that uh, you you liked uh, what you saw out of Hunt, yep, but outside of that, oh yeah, really, I, I don't even know if you if you're Sheldon today and you want to go back into the room today. And show that, or you just you thought it was that bad. Burn the tape. I didn't realize that you thought it was that yeah. bad. Oh no, it was it was just yeah. it was a garbage game. You know, we have a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today, and I hope this doesn't derail the conversation and take us too far. But Matthews is struggling for me. He's just he does not look like the hockey player he can be. Like the best of him, where he's barreling through the the middle of the 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 rink with the puck. He's controlling the play. He gets eight shots. Last year, I tweeted something like, 
you don't want to give Matthews a goal in the first period because when he starts sniffing, like when he thinks he's going to have a night, I think Craig Simpson mentioned it on the air last night. I think he scored 15 multi-goal games last year. We're in January. He's got one. So I don't want to hear that like, oh, you know, he looks the same or it's just, he's not looking the same to me. And it's not that he's been bad. He scored a beautiful goal off one foot off a great pass like no one else can. Yeah. But it's just not the same for me. I'm I'm with you. Yeah. 100%. Like last year it was take over. It man. was McDavid, Matthews, Matthews, McDavid, who's better at times and yeah, Matthews can go on a uh a streak that could say, "Oh, no, he's this week he's the best player on the planet." That's just that that's never had we've never had one conversation like that. No. Like that that type of level to your point, he has not hit. I mean, he's outside the top 20, I think, in points. I think if he gets 25 points in his next game, he won't catch McDavid. <laughs> you know, like it's... So I think, you know, they've kind of flipped roles with him and Nylander. I think Nylander is the one on that line that really seems to be driving the play. He was the best player in that arena last and, night by a good distance. I think he's kind of driving the play with Matthews, and Matthews is kind of riding with him. Like, I, I think he's got a really high standard to live up to especially after last year where he was the MVP, like over the 60 goals, like we said. But I'm going to have to agree that it just doesn't look the same. And I don't know how to explain it, really. I, I, it just maybe has, it is a regular season doesn't matter, and he's you know playoffs are the only thing, and it's he's not putting the same pressure on himself for the chase and for the heart trophy and for all that stuff. Maybe he is just truly it's a team thing this year. Maybe there is something to be said about his energy at that, that level. Yeah, and I don't know if he's physically feeling as strong as he did last year. Mm-hmm. Is is yeah, he, energy and is tired he, is, is he, an interesting... Did he come into camp in great physical condition? Did he yeah. not? But there seem the, the, the lack or the inconsistent energy level for me is the one thing that yeah. stands out. Like he can obviously do things other players in the league can't. He takes that pass from Nylander, catches it, whips it, yeah. like, you know. And is the fastest leaf in history to 500 points. And he's night. the fastest leaf in history to 500 <laughs> points. No one is saying he's not special. I'm just saying he was the best player in the league last year as voted by everyone. And he's not been that this year. So, you know, curious why the fall off. Not like he got old. Why this year it hasn't looked quite the same. But I think it's at least noteworthy. Anyway. 500 points. Fastest in Leaf history. And JB just buries him today (laughs) to start the show. Just buries him. There's no good day to do it. There's no good day to do it. It's not like we haven't said it in group texts for months. It's not like everyone at home in their group chats not saying the same thing. How many of the goals did their line score? All of them? (laughs) Last night? (laughs) So, yeah, no, it was Engvall got one and then Bunting had two. Yeah. Willie had one. Matthews had one. Okay, so... So their line kicked the crap. I feel like Hannibal Burris. Why are you booing me? I'm right. (laughs) If we want to extend this conversation, let's go to the second uh, center iceman for the Toronto Maple Leafs in Tavares. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought he struggled again last night. And I don't know whether or not Sheldon's identified this. Uh, I, I did go look up his minutes... After 40. Mm-hmm. And I had six leaf forwards with more ice time than John Tavares. 
Yeah, he played 18 minutes last night. And a lot uh, came down the stretch, and I think he had significant minutes in overtime. He led but, the team in power play ice, which but bumped uh, I, I don't know what's going on there. But if you would have told yeah. me that an $11 million player would be six in ice time at any point during an NHL game, I'd go, yeah. something something might be not right. You know, yes and no, because when that contract was signed, you looked at the seven years and you said, ah, worry about those last three, you know? But you, think, you think he's protecting him? Uh, no. I think he's probably, you knew you'd be paying for more than you were getting at this point of the contract, but maybe not this much of a drop-off from the start of the season. But the fact that it was there in the start, of, early start of the season, does that give you any confidence that it's still there? It's just maybe tired or maybe, I don't know. You know, this is a team that's stuck in the middle of the standings where they're going to be, basically. Could there be some uninspired factors here? Just trying to get through it, get the points. I woke up today saying that maybe... Bo Horvat isn't such a bad idea. <laughs> really? Yes. Well, it could yes. Have, for you to say that, you must think the acquisition cost is not that atrocious or what? I don't know. He's, he's a rental. We yeah. know that. Yeah. For Toronto, New York, you will have to pay, I think still significantly, but it is just to try to win the Stanley Cup. I think to do this that, year. you have to be- come to the conclusion that Tavares ain't it anymore. Well, and I'm not uh, no, doing that. I, listen, uh, either he drops to number three mm-hmm. or you move him to the wing. Right. But I want to start, if, if I start thinking about the playoffs and Tampa Bay has to look at Matthews, Horvat, and Tavares up the middle. Oh, listen, it's awesome. That's, it's awesome. That's a that's as good as you can get to start the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, no, it is for sure. Well, now you got me all fired up about it. I like I, it. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. But the and, pure rental thing is not something they've you, done you, much of or want you, to. You do. have Tavares can still take faceoffs, but. Yeah, you, you can alleviate a little bit of that pressure if there are nights like the first 40 that I saw where he's just not relevant. Yeah, I, I'd say that's a big question to figure out is how what you're going to have from Tavares when you need him and how to use him in a way that you get the most out of him because he's still John Tavares. You give him a puck in the blue paint, he'll finish it, he'll tip pucks in, good vision. Like he's, you know, yeah, but he's not going to create god i think he's got five points in 16 games now or something like it's three goals and those 16 Mike, or michael 17 bunting, yeah michael bunting has almost caught him in points on the year like it's it's significant the drop but the, the thing you've noticed about him during his time here is there are i guess it's with any players but it's ebbs and flows of the season like he'll go through he'll get to his point per game pretty much it's pretty much a lock do you still feel that way i do it's five I, back I do feel like he go through a stretch yeah, where he's he, gonna get, he, can, he, get he, he gets hot, gets on the power he, play, gets a hat, he gets in yeah, it. He, he could end up with three points against Seattle on Absolutely. Thursday night, and nobody would be but, overly shocked. But no. I still think he's gonna come at the end of the year. He's gonna end up with between seventy eight and eighty three points. You know what's funny is when I was writing, so I wrote an article today, and when I was writing the article, uh, it was about 
Justin, well, I was going to do it about Justin Hall and uh, some positives for the Leafs. Nylander, uh, Holmberg, Justin Hall has actually been good since the fans booed him. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a turning point in his season. And I got lost in Justin Hall and I ended up writing about him specifically. And the reason I did that is you have guys in the roster who are set. Like TJ Brody has been awesome since he's come back, but we know his spot in the roster, right? We know where he's going to be. So we end up spending a lot of time talking about the fringes of, of things. And it's funny that we're talking about Tavares now because I just, is he a guy now that, yeah, you have to figure out, we're always thinking about playoffs. What's it going to look like in playoffs? Yeah. And, and the only thing, Sammy, is yes, he's, he'll, he'll find a way to just almost be that point of game guy over the course of yeah. the regular season. You just worry about, uh, yeah, hopefully you get through round one in the playoffs, but <laughs> where, where, where's the where's the energy that he will portray uh, every night? I mean this, Skipper. Forward. I don't give a damn. I want him to get through one. I want them to win a round so badly for their fans. Yeah. I like, I oh, can't. I'm so past. I, I, I'm now past just one round. I just. I'm thinking. A conference final, Stanley Cup final. One round. (laughs) Give us one, Johnny. It's so sad. It is sad. So I'm sad for you and Sammy (laughs) right now. You know, it's what desperation does to a man. I'm not. I'm not there. I. I think. Create moves or create energy that will get you uh, out of the East. Uh, Three rounds. Tampa Bay has won four games in a row. By the way, not satisfied. (laughs) Now, now four games, four points back with uh, three games in hand. Or All right, Michael him. Bunting, the first Leaf player, not Matthews, not Marner, not Nylander, but Michael Bunting this season to score multiple goals in back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. Right on the heels of hearing that contract talks are slowly starting with Bunting and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, Preliminary talks. How do they not? How do they not? The guy had 63 points. I know... Uh, wasn't the best of starts for him, but he is almost back to that pace, is he not? He is, 55, yeah. 56. Yep. Yeah, he's been been really good for a stretch here. You're right, though, about how do they not. Like, to me, any conversation with good players in your team whose contract is up is call the agent and go, what are you guys thinking? Like, what are you looking for? What no, you- that's not the way it works. I mean, isn't that the first call? Just no. find out what the expectation, what the is term important, is money important? What's the yes and yes? Yeah, yeah. You do <laughs> not. You, hey Kyle, let's go. This is on you. This is not on the agent or Michael Bunting. So then, walk me through what the process yeah. looked like. What do you got for me, Kyle? That's the agent. That's Kyle the agent. calls him and says, "Yeah, are we?" Are, are you going to pull a Jack Campbell here and just uh, let me go to free agency? Are you going to pull a Hyman on me and just feel and I'm like Kyle, I'm not? I say maybe I will. What do you want? What, are we, what just, are we doing I'll here? just keep doing my thing. And maybe tomorrow you'll feel different. Doesn't sound healthy to me. It doesn't sound healthy for Kyle. It's very healthy for Michael Bunting. You do not throw out any numbers at all. It's on Kyle Dubas to make an offer. And one day you just hope that you make an offer that they cannot refuse. And that's how a deal gets done. But this is not on, uh, on Bunting's camp. So when someone reports that, you know, that they've been in touch with uh, Bunting's agent. Yes. Which I believe was the report yesterday. I think it was LeBron. 
um, that someone has been in touch with their agent. Yeah. Would that be a, a contract offer then? No. No, that would be uh, uh, if you're bunting, it's like, oh, you've noticed how good I've been the last little while. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Great. Right. Uh, you could start talking about comparables. Mm-hmm. And you look in L.A. and your former player, Kyle, just signed a pretty good deal in Los Angeles, I think, for four point... Yeah, lots, 4.2 five or more. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just re- revisit that one. Yeah, no 20 million, 20 million yeah. I think, over so, five years. Kyle, are we in that neighborhood? Because I can make an argument my player is even better than that. So what about, can you make an argument? What about the Nick Paul deal? Seven times 3.15 is his contract. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, Seven, by the way. <laughs> so many. Uh, I... I I think it's beyond that. Yeah. I think five I think year, four point two million dollars. Four point two for. Uh, so for could more. you, could you convince them to take four point two five times five or six or seven years? I gotta tell you, I don't yeah. love that. I don't love that. At, I don't like that at all. He is a sixty, fifty-five, sixty-point guy no, in the last not. two years. No, he's not. Then he's, let him go. Then maybe, let him go and maybe, replace him. I mean, maybe you do. Because unless someone else doesn't notice the roster spot yeah. he's been handed yeah. over the past couple of years, I don't. Begin he's not. To, he doesn't drive a line. I, I don't begin to understand what is uh, acceptable and not acceptable. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you where the marketplace is for him. Mm-hmm. If they choose not to use it, that's that's on uh, Bunting and uh, right. and his agent. Yeah. But if this guy puts up 55 and they have just a sliver of success in mm-hmm. the playoffs to get out of the first round. Bunting would play uh, a part in that. That guy on the open market, someone's going to give him yeah. between four and a half and five million. Last night was a perfect Bunting game. He drew the penalty on the guy, yeah, yeah. then he scored on the power play right after. Bellishes. Okay, can I tell you though? He's leading Listen, the league and drawing penalties. No good. Hated that. No good. Leading the league and drawing penalties. You yeah, don't like it. No good. Great, actually. No. Not just good. No. Great. No. No. When, when, this, when you snap your head back. Because you got hit in the face. Because you got oh. hit in the chest. In the leaf. <laughs> you got hit in the chest and you snap your head back. All you're doing is embarrassing the official. And winning. And all the other <laughs> officials are watching it going, yeah, I'm not, you're not getting that call. In the playoffs. But they have to make the calls that are there, and I think he does it consistently enough that he can put doubt into those officials. They can't just let calls go. We they do not will, agree. They will let that go yeah. in the playoffs. They don't they won't trust him. They shouldn't. He's a liar. So well then you just you just validated my point. Well, your point is hundred percent correct that he is someone who embellishes, but embellishers yeah. have a history of having some consistency with it. You know, Kadri being a good example for a guy who he's in the top 10 again and drawn penalties this year, and he does something similar. So quickly on Bunting's contract, let me run this past you guys. If he, you know, takes a quote-unquote hometown discount because of situation, because of being from the area, the other other opportunities. Cover boy of uh, magazines. This guy's already pretty loved by Leafs Nation. 
I think there's a big chance for him to be a borderline cult hero if he takes yeah. perceived less. No? Almost like Jack Campbell in the first half. Doesn't that remind you? Very similar. Yeah. If Bunting would punch a couple people. How did people that finish, Kipper? In the face. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I don't think that don't plays think that, into it. You don't think there's any world in which he is like, yeah, okay, maybe I'll take something that starts with a three and am loved and play with the two best players in the league and am staying on my hometown he team. He is a guy to I can see home. doing it. You, Kipper, you just even you think so or no? Couple I, shekels I, cheaper. I believe. Uh, I believe. Like I wrote uh, two weeks ago that I thought he 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 would fall out of the trend of Hyman mm-hmm. and Jack Campbell. That yeah. they would find a way to keep him. I don't know what that number is. How much of a discount he's willing to give? But I believe that there is a discount there. Mm-hmm. But I would think it's awfully close to four. Yeah. I think that's a fair number for him. I was actually thinking about him last night. Four times 3.95. I was thinking last night how much you love to have him on your team between 3 and 3.5 million. I I think it's I think there's teams that will give him the extra five yeah. or six years on a free agency. He's 28 when he signs next year. Yeah, that feels old to he's me. Gonna, he's going to try to take this to 32. Yeah, he's 27 right now. He turns doesn't turn 28 till September. So he's just 27. Yeah, this one's this one's 5 5 yeah. years and I got to think he going to get paid 3 8 to 4 million. Sounds uh, right. It's, yeah, it's You could live with that of 3 8 3 and would 9. You do that? And when you do that? I do that. You? I do that. Sign on the dotted line. I told you I'm comfortable 3 to just, 3 5. You can just, talk me into 3 8. Good thing you're not the GM. Listen. <laughs> I've, I've, I've said this straight up right from the get-go that on a Stanley Cup team, he's a third-line winger. Yep. And but on the Leafs, number one. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that's why you don't get the, the low threes. You don't. Yeah. It, like in, in, and you want to compare it to Nick Paul. Where's Nick Paul in that pecking order, right? Well, I mean, who would you rather have in your hockey team? <laughs> Nick uh, Paul. Yeah. All Nick day Paul. long. I think, so, I think it's a clean sweep, right? I'm like, everyone wants that guy. So did so you not send... Sammy, did you not send our group uh, texts about uh, Hagel? Uh, I did. Why? Yeah. Because it just... I thought that just was a relevant thing to look at in our group. I don't know. I didn't have a real motive, but... Yeah. And you, thought, though, the point you were making is Hagel still has... One five this year and, and next, next year. year, and then he's an RFA at yeah. the end of it. So three more years of control. I know, but that's that's apples to oranges. What do you mean? That's not a comparable for Bunting. No, I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it wasn't yeah. comparable for Bunting. No, it's just an F Tampa. Look at the guy yes. they have. That's good. And, 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 <laughs> and who would you rather have, Hagel or Bunting? Hagel. <sighs> yeah, probably Hagel. Hagel. Yeah. Yeah, Hagel. Yeah. We need to talk about the hockey game last night. We're 30 minutes in. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, listen, we're just chewing the fat now. Okay. That time of the season, is it? But on the Leafs with uh, an underwhelming left side, mm-hmm. he can he can hold Kyle right now. Yeah. You know, I, I think you're always in a good position where you're willing to let people walk. You know, and I don't think the Leafs are able to say, okay, we'll do four and a half for him or whatever. Like, they just don't have the contract room to pay Michael Bunting that. So it'll be on Bunting to be like, all right, you either fit into the structure or you don't. 
Okay. We can do. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe on his overview of the game. As I said earlier, I would not even show this. I'd burn the tape Love and it. move forward. But uh, let's hear uh, Sheldon Keefe on last night's 6-5 OT loss. I thought uh, special teams were a mess for us in the first period. Um, second period, I guess, there too. So that kind of throws the game off a lot. Uh, obviously, the scores, scores go way up. And uh, feeling probably a little bit worse than you than you need to or than you should because you're pulling it out of your net three times there. But um, I thought we made some mistakes and paid for them. But uh, like the way that we kept coming back, and uh, you know after costing us early in, in the game, power play comes through for us to ensure we get the point. So um, you know, not not uh, not a, a night we're going to love too much, but. Uh, Fortunate to get the one point here. That is the softest euphemism for I hated the game I've ever heard. Not a night he, we're going to love too much. He's, he's on my page, I think. He hated that game. Okay, uh, before we go uh, further, let's just get his thoughts on, on Samsonov as well because I want to kind of bring in uh, our comments uh, after we hear from Sheldon on Sammy. Well, I guess I, I thought he should have had, the, I'd like to see him get the first save on, on the shorthanded goal. Um, I know it's not, a, not the easiest save because he's moving, but, uh, you know, you, you'd, you'd like a save on that one. Aside from that, I mean, yeah, I don't know if there's a lot he can do. Like, there's one that's first power play goal is bouncing all around. The second power play goal they get is, you know, a rebound he doesn't give much of a chance on. Um, and, you know, the, the, the first five-on-five five goal they scored, it's right, right in front of them, rebound right there. And then the last one is, you know, it's a real tough pass that travels a long distance to a very good and dangerous shooter. So I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not down the goaltending here today. I think, we, like we talked about it, when, when, when we play better as a team, everybody, everybody looks better. Everybody is better. So it's, uh, this is certainly not on the goaltending tonight. Yesterday's show, we had Craig Simpson on. Mm-hmm. We made it a point to talk about five forwards. Uh, we had a great conversation, if you missed it. Uh, uh, download uh, yesterday's show with Craig Simpson. Uh, we go into depth on uh, the dangers of five forwards. Yeah. And which led to the first goal last night, shorthanded. It did. Um, do you want to hear Keith on that before we get sure. further into it? Keith on five forwards. Power plays with one defenseman out there get scored on too. So, I mean, it. The group has no chance to succeed if I just pull it off and change it because they because they get scored on and and Sammy makes a save on it, we don't even talk about it. So, you know that's kind of the way it goes. There's some things we would do differently there, but I, I don't overthink stuff like that. If it becomes a habit, it's different. But you know I think like I said, uh, power plays with defensemen out there get scored on too. See, this is where we I disagree with Sheldon. Oh, yeah? We do not agree. Heartedly. Well, this is obviously his idea. Big time. Yes. He loves it, and he wants it to work so bad. I'll tell you where he's wrong. I don't know about the first part, but definitely the second part. I'll tell you where he's wrong. We're talking about it, even if he doesn't score. We're talking about it. We were talking about it yesterday. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about it again for as long as he goes to five forwards. We're going to talk about it. Did you think that there was something on that play that a defenseman plays the rush differently? or 100%. Yeah. I, yes. I, I thought it was 
played pretty well, like pretty harmless shot from there. Play by by who? Marner on the Marner way back. Marner looked horrible on that. I don't know. I He's... love Mitch Marner. Yeah, but you do not turn your back you on to a player. With him? Yeah, I, I you don't was... turn your back. Yeah, on a player, there is no defenseman in the world that would ever turn his back on that play. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's trying to be a forward and skate he's, with him, right? He's skating with him. Yeah. His stick is on the side of the, the boards, mm-hmm. and the middle of the ice is completely exposed. Yeah. And then he's got, and then he gets caught to pull a 180, turning his back. on. A, there's not a defenseman in the world that would have played it that way. Yeah, I just don't feel like he, it's not like he got walked and gave up a breakaway. No, he like didn't get walked. He gave walked. up a, a he shot played, from the outside. He, he played it like a guy that's never played defense in his life. That's what he played it like. Yeah, fair enough. But I still think, you know, to Keith's point, Samson has got a stick on the ice. He steers that to the corner. But we, we go, boy, they but, scored but, last but night. But that's not, the, that's not where this leads to a conversation. Where, where it goes from here is that everybody that watched that shorthanded goal now has the belief that they don't have to ice the puck. I actually thought that on the they side play. They now yeah. challenge. Yeah. They now go that I can get, I can get those guys. Make Marner play D. I can, I can get them turning. I can get them uh, 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 pivoting when they, they shouldn't. I can get them spinning. Yeah. I'm going to challenge. If I'm the video coach, I'm showing my team Nico Hishier walking all, Marner and then Solid walking him, and I'm going, just so you know, if you long. get it and you got room, take the room. You know, take a couple strides before firing it. That's 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 every coach's uh, pregame meeting right now. Yeah, off of that one play. And to our point on the show yesterday, Morgan Riley, you know, or Michael Bunting is not that much more valuable to the first unit than Morgan Riley is in terms of creating offense. But the value you get from having a guy who can play D yeah. and some, you know, so, your mileage may vary on that. So uh, it's it's a top ten power play. Predominantly with Sandine or Morgan Riley. Yeah. Where is the upside for five forwards now? Trying to be top three, right? You're trying to be if if special. If it's at twenty five, you're trying to get to twenty eight now. Twenty nine. Really? I think to 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 your point to gamble the the value of a. Short, giving up a shorthanded goal against in the playoffs is devastating, right? Like if they roll this dice to your point to get 3% better on the power play, which is one more goal over the series. At, at what risk? At the risk of giving up one more the wrong way, which is detri- huge. And think about the guys that are killing penalties on Tampa. Ugh. Oh, Braden Point? Sorelli. Sia. Oh. Sorelli, uh. Nick Paul. They're just challenging they're, all day long. They're just great transition guys. That are great sticks, poke it away, speed going the other way. I hate it. I hated it since day one. I've been on record. It's awful. It's stupid. Just don't do it. I'd prefer to see two defensemen than five forward. Well, I think, you know, the plan is not to play Tampa every round. And so well, you hope yeah. that some but team that, oh, doesn't then you have go to play Boston. Do they have any good penalty killers on Boston? <laughs> well... Does Brad Marchand kill penalties? Patrice yeah. Bergeron, are those guys any good? They create, okay. Taylor Hall? You might want a defenseman out there. I don't know. If, I still don't feel yeah. great about yeah. so Riley it's, skating it's not, backwards against those it's guys. It's not... It, 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 Sheldon's wrong. It's not Samsonov making the save, and, and we, well, don't, we don't talk about point. it. He should make that save. You're right. We're, we're talking about it regardless, but you still want yeah. that save, right? You do want the save, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But yes, I, I, to your point, it is something that's very noteworthy and something he's tried in the minors and I've talked about before. 
Yeah, we have so much more. I know. We, 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 we need more to. time. We're I've... gonna take a break here. We got uh, uh, Jason Bukala, former NHL scout, who's uh, been on the show on a number of occasions, writing for Sportsnet.ca. He's in Halifax right now, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Sammy. Yes. Watching the juniors of the world, and we're gonna get into the Connor Bedard hype. And where is it going from here on in? How many teams are tanking just a little faster in the new year? Sam, you saying the analytical comparables for Connor Bedard, like what he's projected oh, yeah. to be, are like Mario Lemieux, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sidney Crosby. They're and we got good. Stewie, who played on the best team too. We've uh, oh, that's right. No, yeah. we got uh, so we we got Jason in the back half of I the hour. Oh, Stewie next. Okay, yep. we got Anthony Stewart, of course, uh, from uh, Sportsnet. Uh, Fame, yes. Him and Elliot. Yeah, just him and Elliot. (laughs) (laughs) And David Amber coming next. Well, I didn't know the name of their show. (laughs) David Amber got mad at me because I I don't know the proper uh, term for Monday Night Hockey. Well, that's on me though because I got to put that on the lineup. Yes, we have, but it was a Tuesday night regional. All right, we'll get uh, a ton off of uh, Anthony Stewart on what he thinks about Samsonov's play last night. All right, the second line. Also, his jersey is being retired next weekend in Kingston with his brother, Chris, and World Junior memories as well. Tons to get into Yep. with uh, Stewie after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Going to bring in some fun now. Mm. What are you saying about me? Uh, you're you're okay, but I you if if I compare you to Anthony Stewart on the fun meter, no, I'm not the life of the party. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually invited to the party, but I'm not the life of the party. I I, I look forward to reading your book because at some point I know you were the life of the party, <laughs> or you tried. It, might, it got you in a whole lot of trouble. Yeah. It got you in a whole lot of trouble. That's true. All right, let's br- bring in Anthony Stewart, hockey analyst with Sportsnet, former NHLer. Uh, Anthony, we, we know you might be one of the busiest guys uh, in hockey, uh, between minor hockey and uh, working at Sportsnet, and also now next weekend your uh, jersey being retired by uh, Kingston. That's got to be a big thrill. Yeah, it's great, and uh, thanks again for having me, guys. I think it's even more amazing that I get to share that night uh, with my brother. You know, my brother went from an undrafted OHL player as a walk-on to the Kingston Frontenacs to, I think, having over 100, 100 goals uh, throughout his career there, turning into a first-round NHL hockey player. And, you know, he actually had a better NHL career than me. He fought a lot more, scored a lot more goals, but it's going to be a great night. And, you know, we're having some trouble right now reserving uh, a lot of hotel rooms down there. It's, it's very, very scarce in Kingston. So we're bringing the whole <laughs> family deals. for about 14, 14 hotel rooms. So, you know, I usually play for free in the NHL, but I'll be paying for free in the OHL. Uh, that night. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how did that come about? How did you find out? And uh, what was your initial reaction uh, when you heard? Um, I just randomly got a call in the middle, I think it was October, saying, hey, this is what the plan is going to be. And I was like, well, you know what? That's actually great because... I'm actually working with uh, Mike Zygamanis, and he was the last guy to get his jersey uh, retired, and he was asking me when the the mine's going to happen. I I don't know, maybe on the 35th of February. And, you know, I actually played with David Ling in uh, 
the British League during the uh, during uh, the last lockout, and he said, Stewie, when you were there, you know, you were the king of Kingston, but when I was there, it was called Linkston. So it's good that it's <laughs> happening because <laughs> I was getting ripped on for about three, four, five years now. So it's a great accomplishment, but it's an amazing city, and I don't think a lot of people really understand how blue-collar Kingston is. It's amazing fans. Uh, it's an amazing organization, and I'm grateful for my opportunity to start my career uh, with the Frontenacs. Is that part of your connection with Kingston, Stewie? I remember reading your story. Uh, ESPN did a wonderful feature on you and your brother, um, you know, basically walking to and from the rink, you know, struggling to make ends meet at times. Uh, Blue-collar town, is that sort of part of the reason you guys have connected so much with the city? Yeah, and, and the fans, it's, uh, you know, they weren't afraid to come up to you and let you know uh, when you had a bad week or you weren't working hard. So, again, it wasn't about the points or the wins and the losses. They, they, they expect a hard-working uh, game. So, you know, some of those games, uh, we weren't really <laughs> working that hard. But, uh, you know, they appreciated because I really took pride in, in really trying to, to win for the organization. So, um, you know, I think I really set my legacy with my brother who went on to have a couple of years uh, – of great hockey uh, going forward. So it's definitely an amazing uh, experience playing in Kingston, but uh, the fans, uh, they're great. They're great. Uh, you know, from top to bottom. It, again, we played in the old mem center. That's my only uh, regret that I didn't get to play in the new rink there, the Leon yeah. center. And uh, you know, a fun fact there, I think for our first uh, playoff game it was the first time they made the playoffs in about five years. And uh, we actually had to cancel the game during warmup because of the fog. <laughs> We're talking to Anthony Stewart, hockey analyst with Sportsnet, uh, former NHLer, and soon to have his jersey retired in Kingston. Uh, Stewie, you worked the game last night. Uh, I talked earlier in our show that I, I don't even think Sheldon would even spend five minutes <laughs> watching this uh, this game last uh, night on video. Uh, maybe that's when you just burn and move on. But what were your overall thoughts on last night? Well, we talk about the cardinal sins uh, in the National Hockey League, and coaches say the one thing that you never do is you never let in two power play goals and a shorthanded goal against. Usually when that happens, you're probably losing the game, you know, 4-1, 4-2, or 5-2. So the fact that they got a point, uh, I think that's that's a positive. Uh, Samsonov was a little bit shaky, and he's been uh, shaky the last couple starts. But, again, there's not very much that you can really pick apart with this team. They're playing some great hockey their last 15, 20 games. Uh, and they are one of the top teams in the National Hockey League. So, you know, I'm going to chalk it up to, you know, maybe not getting that extra night sleep in Toronto. I know they took that late night flight to St. Louis last week. So I'll chalk it up to uh, maybe the jet lag and, and not spending more time in their own beds. Stu, you got concerns about what's going on in the Leafs crease right now? Obviously, uh, haven't got quite the same goaltending as they did for the first, uh, you know, six weeks, two months. Yeah, I'm only concerned because, you know, Murray now, can he go and, and play six of eight or seven of 10? Can he really go on the run and, and really stay healthy? So that's my only concern. I think Murray can handle the workload, uh, you know, with the way he's been playing, but is he going to have that durability? So again, looking ahead at the schedule, there's going to be a couple back-to-backs. You have to find a way to get Samsonov in. So I was talking about last night, uh, he was a week between starts, maybe have a time to hit the reset button and uh, do some training and, uh, you know, work on his uh, angles and work on, you know, maybe some video uh, but again, it just seems that he's fighting the puck and that second and third chance just seem to be going in past him. So uh, I don't know. Do you, you bring Shulgren in up? I don't, I don't know. But uh, again, there, there's not much you can pick apart. I think it's easy to point at Samson up because the team's been doing so well as of late. But again, I think you maybe reassess after another two, three starts and hopefully he rebounds. Stewie, a lot of talk the last few shows uh, here uh, about 
the five forwards on the power play uh, on your telecast last night. I know you and Elliot discussed uh, uh, in, in great length as well. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts. Uh, me and Sammy, I think we're pretty much that uh, the, the rewards don't outweigh the risks. What are your thoughts? Are we on in Toronto? Yeah. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it because I, I think the penalty killers don't really respect it when you don't have that shooting threat from the top. And again, I mentioned Riley. Uh, again, he has a pretty decent shot, Sandine, from the top as well, too. So um, the penalty killers, the, you know, the diamond tends to sag when you don't have that guy that can really, really rip the puck. So I, I really like, I don't like the fact when you have five forwards out there, it's usually a downhill power play or a cross seam power play. And those goals go in, those tic-tac-toes go in game one through 60, but 60 to 80, it's so tough to score, especially on the power plays that are few and far between. And when the going gets tough, you got to do a D to D back to D and just pound the puck second and third opportunities. So that's how most of the teams do it. So, you know, again, I can understand the four forwards, but five, it just really doesn't get the respect of those penalty killers. And you know, you're playing against teams now as you get into the playoffs that have some really, really fleet of foot penalty killers, one mistake or one bobble, they're off to the races. And you saw what happened last night uh, on their uh, power play uh, shorthanded goal against it just defensively. It's not there. So again, I understand the tinkering and trying new things right now, but I can see them probably adjusting back, uh, you know, when it's all said and done. Stu, you watch, you watch this Leafs team every single game they play. Uh, they've fallen short in the postseason. I don't know. That, that got some coverage. Maybe you heard. Um, hasn't happened for them yet. How do you feel about this group, where their needs are compared to previous groups uh, heading into the postseason? Yeah, my predictions have been awful. Uh, but the one that I was correct uh, was when I said that uh, Columbus was going to beat Tampa Bay. And I think that's probably about 14 years ago. But... The reason why I said that is because Tampa Bay didn't go through any adversity. The power play was clicking. They had minimal injuries. They were winning the President's Trophy, and they didn't go through adversity. So I think what's different about this Maple Leafs team this year, they went through that huge adversity when they lost all those defensemen, and they found a way to weather the storm, and you had some guys rise to the challenge and really go above and beyond. You now know what you have in Sandine and Lilligren, where you had those question marks going on in the season. You have your questions about Giordano. Can he now at this age handle you know, 20, 23 minutes. He proved that too. Say what you want about Justin Hall. He's playing 25, 26 minutes as well too. So you proved that the D can handle it. You had some other players step up as well too. So, and now you're seeing right now, they have a legitimate third line in camp, Kerfoot and Engvall, where they're chipping in offensively well. Dryden Hunt seems like he's fitting well. So they're starting to now look like a well-rounded team as opposed to before. Hey, we need three of the big four to step up. If not, we're not going to win. So uh, that adversity at the beginning of the season in those last six weeks, I really think it's a different team uh, than last year. And saying that, uh, the first 41 game or the first half of the games uh, as we cross that threshold, I guess, next week is what's needed from here on in. Did they do enough in the first half of the season to say that uh, Kyle doesn't need to be as bold as maybe we thought at the beginning of the year to take this team to another level? Yeah, I, I think you need to add a forward, but I, I, I don't think the fans really understand like this nice guy is, is, is going to be, he's going to be a star in the league. And, you know, I know they let 
Well, it's been Mason Marchman not really knowing what he was going to turn into, but this guy is going to be better than Marchman. He's going to be a 25, 30 goal guy. And this is from someone that sees him on, on a regular basis. So, you know, he can come in possibly after uh, his uh, collegiate season, really slide into that top six. But I think they need a secondary option up there because Jan Croak, he's better slotted in the middle. Sorry, the bottom six as well, too, Kerfoot as well. So if you can get a scoring threat, you always want to load up. Uh, so again, maybe add a cane. You maybe add a cane. Maybe add one of these top end guys too. And again, you don't want to pair. You know, lose a, a first round pick or nines. But if you can add a top end guy for for a price that's a mid level price, I say you got to pull the trigger on it right now. But again, I like the D. You know, they got some depth right now. You got Timmins uh, in the press box right now with eight points in eleven games. I think the D is, is, is proven that they can handle the load as well too. So maybe add a, a top end uh, forward. And I think that's all the recipe that the Leafs need uh, to make uh, a run this year. Well, we mentioned earlier in the show, even a Bo Horvat, you mentioned Patrick Kane. You know, if they go and get these guys, it's going to cost you knives. You can't have, you cannot have your cake and eat it too here. Yeah, I can, because I'm not, in the, I'm not a cap. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Who am I, Brandon Pridham? I'll trade you whatever I want. Go get me Dumba too. <laughs> That's a second, right? Two seconds and a third or whatever, yeah. right? I think it's Connor Brown and Jeremy Bracco should get it done. Um, just looking at the, uh, you know, we've been talking over the past couple of days here about uh, the World Juniors, talking about Canada, talking about how exciting it is. You're a guy who's been there, Stu. Right now, Connor Bedard is setting the world on fire. You were there with some pretty good hockey players, and we're one of them too. What's it like being on a team with some of these with greatness? When you're, are you waiting for the the superstar to take over? Are you the superstar expecting to be the guy to take over? What's the experience like, Stu? Well, I'll add this. My, my claim to fame is I think why people respect or semi-respect some of my opinions was I did lead the, the tournament uh, my first year there as, as a 19-year-old. But I, I, to, I was bigger, faster, stronger. I was a man, and yeah. all the European teams were like, hey, is that Jerome McGinley? What's he doing playing junior right now? <laughs> so they were, they were scared, but... Um, I played with Sidney Crosby as a 16-year-old and 17-year-old, and he turned from Sid the Kid to Sid the Man the next year. Uh, he was a great player. But what I'm seeing from Connor Bedard, uh, to be able to do that as a 17-year-old dominates, it's it's something I've never seen. And I played with some of the greats, and Jeff Carter, who was a leader. You know, I played with uh, Shea Weber and, and Getzlaff and Phaneuf. And what he did at the world junior level has not it's never been done before. So, you know, we had the debate yesterday. Is he the best prospect of all time? Probably not. You know, you got the Lemieux coming out. Ray Ferraro had 200 goals in his junior level. But to dominate as a 17-year-old, he brought me out of my seat. And I'm pretty lethargic these days. I'm pretty lazy. I was out of my seat <laughs> when he scored that goal. And I, and I literally had goosebumps. So, again, he has that wow factor. And if I'm a team that has any chance, I'm tanking, I'm, I'm trading, Every single player that's, you know, got term, doesn't have turn, I'm training the mascot to get this kid because he is that good. He's going to be a superstar, and I can tell that what he's done at the World Junior so far. You can pick now. We're giving you permission here on the Real Kipper and Bourne show to pick any team you want to see Connor Bedard in uh, a uniform. Uh, but it has to be uh, realistic here. It cannot be, you know, obviously a team that can't, can't, can't get him in a, in a lottery. So I can't put about Colorado. Okay. Uh, no, I, I think for the game, and, and again, even though I hate their Twitter base, and uh, anytime I, ha- I type in hashtag Canucks, I, I take a beating. I think the Vancouver Canucks, he's a local product. Uh, they're struggling as of late, too, and he can really 
bring back that superstar status to that Vancouver team and really turn things around. I'm just imagining the jersey sales uh, for him and him being Canada's next big star. So I'll go yeah. Vancouver Canucks. But well, J- listen, him, JT Miller's got, determined to get them to the league bottom, so they may, it may just happen yet. He's playing good defense. I, uh, I want to check the Corsi, but he's playing some good defense from what I've been told by yeah, him. What I've been told by him, <laughs> yeah. He got moved to the wing. His coach heard him say he was good at center, and he's like, that's enough out of him. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it is. That uh, that does seem like it would be a good fit. Um, you know, for you watching this this Canadian team go down to the wire and all that, do you still feel invested? Are you? Can you be a fan of it now? Yeah, I tune in every day to. It's on Sportsnet, of course, right? And yeah, then I watch highlights every, on Sportsnet every night. Yeah, and then uh, you know, typically the game falls on my birthday, so I usually go out to the keg and then I have a nice steak dinner and I, and I watch it live. And nice. you know, you see people pointing at me, "Hey, there's Stuart that used to play," and I'm like, "Don't bother me, I'm trying to watch the game." So it's a big, big <laughs> tradition in my household. I watch it every single time. It sucks that I'm working tomorrow night uh, with the Leaf game, but I'll be sure to be keeping a close eye on it because it's something that's near and dear uh, to my heart. Hey, before we let you go, I, did I catch the tail end of you on TV uh, last night, maybe possibly, where you said you you chirped Brent Sutter, the head coach, on something? <laughs> no, he, yeah. So this is a, a true story where I led the team in uh, in scoring the year before the year that we lost to the U.S., and he brought me in, and he put me like automatically on the fourth line. So I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. So then he actually said, well, we're thinking of cutting you. I said, well, I'm like, well, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you haven't put up any offense. I said, well, you put me on the fourth line, Brent. He's like, He's like well, you're going to play the first line uh, next game, and if you don't score, you're cut. I'm like, okay, I'm going to score two goals. And sure enough, I did. So, again, I was known as the prankster as, as on the team, and, it's funny, uh, our first team meal, they, the coach brought in a scale and maybe weigh in, and they actually calibrated the scale that I was like 333 pounds. <laughs> so they were freaked out. But, again, it was a good experience, a uh, good group of kids, and we actually needed a coach like Brent Sutter to really push our buttons and make sure that we were uh, men's on a mission, for lack of better words. And, you know, it's funny, I watched that uh, game, I think, every so often, and I watched it uh, a couple of months ago, and I didn't even know Malkin was playing. And when we beat the Russians 6-1, that's how much we dominated. So it's a great experience. I still hold it uh, near and dear to my heart to this day. So what was the actual number when you weighed in? Oh, man, I was probably playing at like a good 242. <laughs> so imagine that, 18-year-old kid, 6'2", 242. And, and probably the best skater in the tournament. Yeah, then you're playing Kazakhstan. They're like, what is going on? <laughs> a, yeah, no, that's uh, not many of those out there. Well, listen, we really appreciate your time. All the best in the new year, and uh, enjoy your weekend in Kingston. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Go Canada, go. Thanks, Anthony Stewart. Stewart. Uh, how would you take to the fourth line bump after leading the tournament in points? I ain't chirping Brett Sutter, I can tell you that. No? <laughs> no. Uh, I was just watching the highlights of that game when you guys were talking to him, that 2005 final. They just eviscerated Russia. Yeah. I mean, that team was, I mean, Loaded. several Hall of Famers yeah. on it. Yeah. And Stewie scored in it in the final. Nice. <laughs> Topped one past Kuznetsov in that. Oh, yeah. how interesting. So there you go. All right, we still got a few minutes here. Uh, you want to finish off some of our Sheldon Kippers Clippers here? Uh, Sandine in the shootout? No, do we care? Kind of. I, like, Dryden Hunt is a, something I would like to talk about. I know, I, the but, decor. But, but. Oh, back end. No, exists. just. Again, if you're like Tavares, for instance, mm-hmm. and okay. you see Sandine take a shootout before you do, and you're 
kind of known as a goal scorer. Doesn't it kind of piss you off a little bit? Let's hear why Sheldon Keefe did that. All right. Well, we haven't had we haven't had many shootouts here for the last couple of years, and every time you know we don't practice them a great deal. But anytime we do, Sandy seems to be the guy that uh, finishes with the greatest uh, greatest level of success. So I've been waiting for an opportunity to try to get him in, involved. Um, you know, we we lost. That's you know we it's, it's, uh, we're so used to having Jason Spezza out there to. To, to be the guy to get us to get us going. So let's have the first one of the year. Things were a little, you know, a, a little off there. But uh, it was a great goal by Mitch uh, to give to give us a chance there. And um, you know, just couldn't get the couldn't get the next one. Can I just say that people are so afraid to talk to the media that everything is a euphemism? How weird is saying that Sandy finishes with the greatest level of success? So he wins. Do you mean he wins your shootouts? Like, why do you have to talk weird? You know what I mean? Every time we do like a, a shootout, normal guy. Right. Yeah, every time yeah, we... you're, you're trying to sell um, why you <laughs> finishes with the greatest level. Is that level... better when you hear that yeah. out of Sheldon? <laughs> St. Louis finished with a greater level of success than the Leafs last night. So anyway. I, I sh- I'm sure maybe after every practice they finish off with shootouts and he's he's be- better than anyone else. Yes, so, that appears to be the answer. I actually love hearing... Sheldon Keefe say they don't practice it because you should never practice it, ever. Well, you're, you no, no, you're in, you're in the NHL. Yeah, you should know how to do a move. Yeah, no, that's not true. Yeah, that's after, not true. after that's practice, not true. there's no harm. Okay, practice over. We throw out a bucket of pucks. Oh, yeah, everyone. Why do you go back in top corner this time? It's like it's, it's it's the most natural thing that comes to these guys when they're one on one with a goalie. This might be your all time worst. This should no, be the number one thing. This is horrible. The, the very horrible. thing that requires the you, most you, fine motor skills sure, and practicing and guessing and, and testing. And, nah, no, just, you I mean, can get creative. You can work on a new move and you can, see what makes for sure you can. You you can. Here's what works. Low blocker. Backhand top corner every oh, time. Yeah, gosh. thanks. Push buttons back there, will you? Yeah. Okay. This is. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. It's just I, I can't practice it maybe once a week, once a month. Something. Yeah. yeah but I mean, like yes. the, the time that they spend, the fact that you would spend any time with NHLers, not a priority. Maybe at the very bottom, below three on three, which they were better in last night. Had the puck Listen, a lot more. Uh, they were weird last it's, night. It's not penalty. Sh- it's not shootouts. It's breakaways too. It's like finding yeah. yourself in on a long. Uh, Alone on a goalie in a split You know why second. you have to practice it? Because you know this from all those practices. How often do you come in on a goalie in, one on, alone in practice and the guy actually tries? In a practice, rarely. You get the goalies, they do that stand-up, not going to go no, down. in the NHL, they, they, they try. Well, you don't see uh, guys every, going everyone, down. Everyone. I, I, I they, just... they play it like game situation. Okay, Mike well, Richter, every, every breakaway I've ever had on him, it's... Life or death to stop it. That's that's the, how they get to be great. Well, yeah, but it's just not the case that every guy in practice. I mean, looking at American League guys by and large, listen, you get the it, guys who don't want to go down because they're facing forty shots. Listen, I'm not saying that everyone appears that yeah. way, but when they put their game face on and they yeah. go, "Okay, let's work on five here." There's five. I will treat them like I would in any game situation, and you don't quit yes, on it. A hundred percent. They're not quitting on it. Yes. So you I are you are getting the replica. For sure. And so when I could get a goalie to take it seriously yes. and treat it yeah. like, then I'm... Which I would say is probably 85, 90% of the time I've been on the ice with NHL goalies. I would just say that a lot of the times you do a full ice St. Louis drill or, you know, 9,000 variations of that where the goalie's like, 
I don't know. I don't feel like a guy's willing to go down because there's another shot coming. There's another uh, wave of guys. You can't. I, I think I've, not, I've not played with those type of goalies. Kipper, there's some drills they get 60 shots. Bad guy, guy going, guy going, guy going. I, I, yeah, but they don't quit. They don't quit. I, all they I know, don't quit. I'm telling I, you right now, they don't quit. If I deke in a practice, a goalie goes, okay, you go tuck that in. I don't know. I just felt like when I could get a goalie to try, and it, and it was usually in those shootout drills, I loved it because I didn't if, feel If he like, needs to catch a breath, then that's what you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about, like, you know, whether or not he... He's had enough or he needs to take a break or he wants to rest. Yeah. There are moments that can look like that. But when you are in the moment Mm -hmm. in a drill and either it's involving everybody on the ice or it's just a selected group, once they lock it in, you are getting the very best of them. And that's, I loved when that would happen. And that to me is when your coach would actually say, okay, we're going to do the shootout. We're going to all take turns here. I love that you could get the goalie locked in, replicate the situations that they don't come up much in games. You don't get many breakaways in the game to practice. Breakaways are much more instinct than shootout are. Yes, for sure. Because you're you're coming from different angles and different speeds. And and it's it's in the moment. It's a lot more on a shootout. You're thinking about what you're going to do. You're stepping on the ice. Everybody's looking at you. It's a much different thing to me. For sure. Anyways. Jason Bukala, after the break. Do uh, you want to pick up uh, Dryden Hunt in the fourth line after the break? Yes. After we and finish you know, with it's Jason? It's not important, but, you know. No, I think I it is. I thought he looked good last night, and I that think, changes things for I them. think it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and we'll chew on that a little bit. But uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll get back into Canada-U.S. tonight. Puck drops 6.30 Eastern, I think. Uh, and we'll get uh, Jason's thoughts on that and more. Real Kipper and Born after this message. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> this is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. In a little over two hours, Canada takes on the U.S. Big game. I think we're uh, we're speaking to Jason at the rink, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Jason Bukala joins us now, former NHL scout, writer for Sportsnet.ca, and covering the World Juniors. Uh, Jason, are you in a good spot? I found as quiet a spot as I can. I, I got to be honest, the party is kind of outside right now. You, you know Halifax, right? So these people <laughs> are getting ready for the big one. Yeah, we are, and, and based on how... Uh, the game finished uh, against Slovakia for Team Canada. There seems to be a ton of energy and a, a ton of hype for Connor Bedard. And I'm just wondering, Jason, where does this hype for this kid rank in recent memory if we go back to McDavid or even Sidney Crosby? Kipper, I'm leaning Sidney Crosby's tournament. Honestly, like uh, McDavid's team was was different he didn't have this type of impact even mcdavid you know it, it's different year over year right like depending on the opponent and rush is not here and there's some moving parts but at the same time it's hard to put in words what you're watching here unfold especially when you're live in the building i mean every time the kid flips over the boards it's, it's much watch tv it's uh, it's been phenomenal like i honestly believe guys that whoever selects this kid in the draft come next June, let's just say it's Anaheim, it's going to have the same sort of impact that Sidney Crosby had on the Pittsburgh Penguins when he was selected there. Is it tough to evaluate other 
prospects when you're watching Canada? Just kind of all eyes on this kid? Everything seems to run through him. Does it change your ability to evaluate other guys? Not for me. Not for me, Borny. I mean, you know, obviously my take on it is a little bit different than other people in the building, so I can't speak for them because I, I think everybody just gravitates to him. I mean, you can't help it. It's just, you know, human nature almost. But for me, certainly, I'm... Uh, I'm peeling back the onion a lot more and, uh, and, and doing it the way I always have over the years. So where is like where is the gap between Connor Bedard and everyone else? And I include Canada in all of that. And uh, I mean, Shane Wright's a pretty darn good hockey player and a top prospect. We know that. But where is that gap between Connor Bedard and, and everybody else on Team Canada? It's not even close. It's not even yeah. close. Like, uh, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but it is what it is, right? And like he, Shane Wright, um, you know, he's the caddy, and uh, Connor Bedard's playing in the Masters. If you get my drift, I mean, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's just totally different. And um, the impact that he makes, uh, and I, you know, you know, Kipper, when you play with guys like, uh, you know, Messi back in the day, or, or whoever your your really good high end players were, you know, like. The guy just has such a presence. Like, I watched practice yesterday. Like, even when he walks in the rink, the presence that this person has, this young man has, it's, uh, it's something to behold. I, I, I honestly haven't seen anything like it in forever. So, uh, here's this pretty uh, flat question, I guess, pretty straightforward. Is Canada good? Like, they, they lose to Czechia. They can't handle Slovakia. They dummy a couple of teams that aren't very good. Is this a good team? I honestly think they're up against it tonight, Borny. Like the yeah. USA, USA's got um, 11 players under six feet tall, a really darting dash, uh, puck possession, highly skilled, uh, transition the puck uh, type of a team. They're not going to dump pucks deep and, and, and lay the body on Team Canada. I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that Team Canada is going to get exposed on the back end a little bit tonight. Um, you know, Canada's a solid team. But they're a little top-heavy with the scoring. Um, Stan Coven has been excellent in the face-off dot. Um, they've got, you know, the, the pieces to make it happen tonight. But I believe that it's going to come down to the second layer of players. You know, guys like Goche and Ostachuk and, and Bank here and, you know, the big guys on the back end like Del Mastro and Nolan Allen. Like, when you're playing against water bugs, you better take time and space away as quickly as you can and let it be known early um, within the double IHF rules uh, that you're going to play them hard physically. Um, so they're up against it. I, I don't know on balance that they're not. Um, I think USA on balance actually is, is probably got a better team overall. So it's going to be interesting. The, the bottom six up front, um, is there enough balance here throughout the roster? Or is this... Is this a coach that's just going to have to play Connor Bedard out there for 25 minutes? Well, it's going to be the Connor Bedard power play. No, no question there. I mean, they'll roll that group over for two or or longer, uh, whatever it takes. Uh, you know, Gunther ripping pucks on the back end on the the weak flank, and but uh, like honestly, they're it's a good point by you because I feel like they're a three and a half line team. Um, so. If it turns into a track meet, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he strategizes this thing. Something that I noticed the other night, which was somewhat unusual just from a scouting perspective, was um, 
like scouts will track defensive pairings and we'll track, you know, matchups and who's winning faceoffs on their strong side weeks. You know, all the stuff that people you know are, are bored to hear about, but um, on the defensive side, Canada rolled out in the first period, two games ago, 12 different defensive pairings. Now just think about that for a second. Like, right. You understand what I mean? So they're obviously struggling or thinking. Yeah. They're not thinking of five-man units, right? Yeah, that is uh, that is concerning. So you're, you've been watching this tournament here now, and everyone's talking about Bedard. Who are some names that stand out to you that maybe aren't the, you know, number one, two, three guys that everyone's talking about? Well, I'm really excited for the upcoming draft outside of Bedard. I mean, Leo Carlson's on the ice right now for Sweden. Um I actually thought it would be closer to Bedard in the ranking. He's not. Um, but he scored two big goals against Finland in the semifinal game. He's a big rig, 6-3-2-10, left shot, forward. Um, you know, there's some guys on the underbelly, like the Logan Stankoven kid. I love this kid. Like He's a he's built like a fire hydrant. He's almost built like Theo Fleury was back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he gets under checks, wins lots of draws. He's, he's a little grease ball to play against. So I love that stuff. Um, but... Uh, Trey Augustine's a great story, guys, in net for USA. The U.S. National Team Development Program goalie, like he's not even 18 years old yet. Yeah. And here he is on this stage, so that's pretty cool. Jason Bukala from Sportsnet.ca uh, joins us, former NHL scout. Uh, one more for me, Jason, and you might be the perfect guy to, to, to talk about this, but the bigger the story goes on Connor Bedard, is it does it make a guy like Bill Zito in Florida feel worse? He's got an unprotected. He's got a, a trade last year for Ben Sherratt that left a lottery pick unprotected. If that pick ends up being in the hands of the Montreal Canadiens for Connor Bedard, could that go down as one of the worst GM decisions in NHL history? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a delicate question for me, but I'm not going to skirt it. I mean, for me, it's absolutely irresponsible for a general manager in the National Hockey League to make a trade without lottery protection. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I'm on your side here. Like, Montreal Canadiens are loaded with prospects. Not only could they end up with one here, like one overall, they could end up with, like, three and four, three or four. Let's just call it two top five picks in a generational draft. So I'm with you, Kipper. That's, um, that's for me, that's... Uh, there's no mulligan on that. That's uh, that's that's that stands out. Yeah, it's mind-boggling when you think about it. Yeah, certainly. The um, one more for me before we let you go. I just want to get your thoughts on uh, on Matthew Nyes and where he's at. We've been talking about him as a potential left winger for the Leafs. Could he be someone who could contribute or play at least? You know, Kipper, you talk 12, 14 minutes for the Leafs come playoffs. I think he can play 12 minutes. Yeah, I don't. I don't you know, don't expect a lot offensively out of the hop, but uh, his pace, is he's gone to another level with his pace. He's killing more penalties. He's tracking up ice as F1 way more aggressively right now. So, like, all the little things that will give him a chance to play 12 minutes, even if he doesn't score, they're in place. So, I, I think that's a fair observation. Uh, one sneak. I'm going to sneak one in. <laughs> Would you gamble on him or go out and, and get some more experience on the left side if you're Kyle Dubas? Uh, I would make I would trade Matthew Nyes in the right scenario to to go win a Stanley Cup. Uh, this is a conversation for another day, but yeah. I'm I'm also thinking on the back end, Kipper. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Jason, enjoy the rest of the game and enjoy Canada U.S. tonight. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Appreciate it.
Yeah, I'm on board too. Yeah, yeah. making that trade. Yeah, yeah. got to give up nice. Ha! Yeah, I'm now, I'm now, uh, on board here. It's just and so... it's gonna, it's, it's not ideal, but you have to go for it this year. Uh, so here's my question. Sorry, I was just looking something up here. And Jason my, would. Yes, he would. It just, if I were Dubas, you know, it would be an extra factor. Why it would be extra hard for me is because everyone has said that I don't care about size. And of course he does. He watches sport to hockey for a living. And so to trade away, you know, he's brought in Mulgan and Patan yeah. and all these guys. And to trade away the six three two ten prospect would kill me. Just because it would cement the the legacy he, as the non size size guy. I don't know guy. if it was uh, uh, maybe it was Anthony Stewart uh, moments ago when we had him on. He said he's he's going to be great. He's going to be good. And I'm like, okay, but I don't need gonna. I need now. Mm-hmm. I need yes today, April. Yes, in theory, you are trading a player. What a player is going to be to get it now? It's a credit card. You know, you, you want it now, and you want to have to, you're going to pay later, and you accept that. But I need it now. 6'3", he's, he's, got, he's got man strength. He can physically come in and look heavy. And watch him trade knives for, like, Kane, who's 5'10", and, you know, not, you know. Yeah. Just... I don't think it would be Kane. I think it'd be more realistic if you're going to rent a player, if you cannot get uh, a Lawson Kraus type which would be the most ideal. I love that guy. Do you? Yeah. I, I, okay. I don't, made, listen, made I, a, I don't think I watch Arizona enough. Yeah. Well, listen, I just watched him last week uh, make a, a great play along the wall, beat Morgan yeah. Riley up the ice, and a uh, game winning uh, tap into uh, Jack McBain. Mm-hmm. That's. He can make plays. He can make plays. He's big. He's strong. I don't think you're going to. Could, could you convince Arizona to give him up for, for part of uh, Matthew Nye's? I think so. I right. think I don't then, think you'd convince them. I think they'd be like, "Yes, okay." Then, here you go. Here then, he is. Then yeah. that to me, with term, he comes yeah. in and he's four three. And you know what? Nyes is perfect for Arizona because he's probably at his best when they're in Tempe in three years. That's that's the type of a trade I have. Or you know, if if Vancouver wants to move Bo Horvat, then you're going to have to give up harder. Nyes, they, yeah. they'd want Nyes. Sure they would. Yeah. I'd do that way before Krause. And I guess before Krause. As a rental? Yeah. See, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with Sammy. If you're Vancouver, would you eat some money for Nyes? Would you say? Well, you'd oh, have to, wouldn't you? Say, you'll eat 2.75, Horvat's 5.5? Five, five? I don't think it's, I'm not sure by then it's going to be an issue. It's only an issue if. Well, uh, not that it's an issue, but, you know, would you want to spend that money somewhere else? Is there more you can do? Yeah, no, 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 100%. Money. That's yeah. what I was leaning towards. Yeah. You've, you've got your 5-6 off of uh, Muzzin. Muzzin. Yeah. So if you can get so, Horvat at 2-7-5, all of a sudden get, you go. Get Horvat at 2-7-5. Labushkin and, was making uh, two last year. You know, you can get another and, guy. And uh, convince San Jose that you want Carlson. <laughs> I think. What? Yeah. Do I know you? I, Eric listen, Carlson? Eric Carlson. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking if, if if you can talk them down thirty cents, forty cents on the dollar, that is something to think about. 
you want to improve their power play from 25% to 28%? 30. <laughs> okay. 32. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that would that would be significant at a place where they haven't found a clean solution. I, I'm just, I'm... He is listen, a defensive black bold, hole. bold, bold. Yeah. Carlson has no interest in defending. But he, if he's got the puck the majority of the time, I know. that I, is your best well, defense. He's going to get 100 points I'm, this year. So, so it's obviously I, it's okay. bold. I'm not saying I'd, I'd have to sleep on it a few nights. <laughs> yeah. But that to me, if if you're going to save, if Vancouver's going to chip in and, and get that Bo Horvat number is down as much as you can, then you are looking for uh, an impactful defenseman. Yeah. Uh, Chikrin? Well, yeah, sure. Let's but put them all could, on the wish list. Could, uh, could you move Morgan Riley out to Vancouver? Is it too late for uh, Vancouver to want Morgan Riley? Oh, my God, Kipper. <laughs> What's wrong with <laughs> you guys? Just, We're spitballing here, no, man. You're right, Let I it think, go. Well, he's got a no-move starting next year. And yeah, exactly. Is it not this year? Can I don't you... think it's this year. I don't no, know. I they could don't, be wrong. They don't want that, that deal. No? No. Do they? No. He's from there. What is this, a feel-good musical? This is, what? who cares? You want good players. Okay. You don't care where they're from. They could be from the moon. Okay. Uh, you mean, <laughs> I, I? it was a question. It's a great, no, these are worthwhile questions, and I am happy that we, you're bringing I'm them up. And I'm not saying that you're, you're, you're not wrong. Right. The current uh, Riley deal does have no move yet, so you'd have to discuss that with I, him. Bye, Alex. <laughs> I would do it, but. That's... Yeah. Oh, God. Absolutely. <laughs> if you could have Eric Carlson, yeah, you would do that. Um, Listen, Morgan Riley is a very good player, but we've seen very good players be part of a team where somehow it just never truly was a great fit. Mm -hmm. And I'm also watching a Morgan Riley come in, and all of a sudden, that tight blue line is a little loosey-goosey for me. How many games has Riley played? Has that was his third? third last night. The Leafs have given up 21 goals in the last five games. The so, narratives or, are extremely juicy. They are juicy. <laughs> they played the best defensive hockey in the Matthews era for the exact time he was out, and they've now gone back to stinking apart. again. The, I mean, it's just an observation. There's no way you can't observe it. It is, it is the, worth observing. This is, <laughs> this is the, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. I'm saying uh, uh, it's causation, it's correlation, whatever. It has happened at the same time. Our job's to watch the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> and make observations. I'm aware of what is happening here. It just sucks to be the guy who comes out and is like, I don't know about Morgan Riley. Like, he's a guy who's been so good for them, loyal, hasn't, he's probably been underpaid by millions per year. He's been a great Maple Leaf. Is he the DeMar DeRozan trade? But maybe. <laughs> the Leafs never got over, the Raptors never got over the hump with the Martin Rosen and they traded him for Kawhi and they won the championship. I know. And he was a beloved Raptor. Maybe. There's, there's a lot of there's a maybe. lot of parallels there, there. There's there is one place that you could at least make Morgan think about wanting to play somewhere else. That is would he be from, isn't he from BC? His home. Yeah. Is uh you know he just got engaged. Tessa yeah, hey, congratulations. Yeah. Congrats to him. <laughs> congrats. Yeah. Traded him to, across the country. Canadian power couple. From out there? Hey, Leafs are maybe want to ask him if he wants to have the wedding in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we'll pay for the wedding. <laughs> no, that's circumvention of the oh, salary cap. Oh, we'll right. pay for the wedding. That's right. They can't do that.
<laughs> Too bad Scott Moore didn't end up being the guy, but you know Morgan's yeah. the next best pick for Canadians, yeah. I think. So, um, so just to go back to Andrew uh, Andrew Nice, who's uh, that's the Andrew Nye worked here. He, does does yeah. he still work? Here? Anyways, Matthew Nice. Yes. Um, I'd be including him in a trade to get a guy to keep them to keep him from going to Tampa or Boston, too. Oh, is that part of it for you? For oh, sure. Blocking? Like, don't you think there's a world where Tampa does their fake cap and gets over that? Oh, I'm telling you right now, it's uh, it's an arms race between Boston, Tampa Bay, and the Leafs. By for the names we're talking about. For, for, yeah, you have for the, somebody. And you have all the three, three of them are going to get He's someone. not wrong. He's not wrong. You have the three biggest sellers are within the one division. I mean, the three biggest buyers, sorry, are in the same division. I just don't buy that. I'm going to actually not really want a guy, but I, I'm going to want him enough to keep you from having him. Yeah. I, I cannot see that logic. The That's right up there with don't practice uh, breakaways in <laughs> NHL <laughs> leagues. But, so if they're like, hey, I guess they're probably never going to tell you this, but they're like, hey, we're trading him to Tampa, but if you give us knives, he's yours. You're not doing that? Yes, well, but it's not enough for me to uh, say yes to when I said no before. Mm. The four best winning percentages in the NHL right now are Boston, Carolina, Toronto, Tampa Bay. Great. Three of the best four teams in the league are Toronto's first two-round opponents. Awesome. So fun. <laughs> exciting stuff. Yeah, that All really... Right. Uh, I know you've been harping this for like two years, Sammy, but now I'm on board. It just sucks. So the West is brutal. It just Boys, sucks. The West is awful. So Cam uh, Sharon fired out a couple tweets today about the Western Conference's record against the Eastern Conference this year. In games that end in regulation, the West is 13 and 33 against the East. So in total games, the record is 24, 33, and 8. Like, just getting smoked. Who's worse? Well, it's not good. No. Colorado, worse than we expected. Edmonton, worse than we expected. Calgary, worse than we expected. Minnesota, worse than we expected. St. Louis, worse than we expected. That's the West. And now you got Dallas, Winnipeg, and who else is in a spot in the Central? Like, it's scraggly conference out West right now. And that was a bad loss at home for the Edmonton Oilers last night. They looked they went up 2 nothing. Dogs. Five unanswered by the squids. And you've got a career year out of McDavid, 11 points. And his a career year? An all-time right. year? All-time like, year in hockey history. points. Yeah. They're calling it the, the triple crown. Yeah. And Tim and friends. Are they? I like yeah. that. Yeah. I, like really... that. I actually really like that, too. That's pretty good. Right. Is it as impressive you, as you a baseball? You can't get a double crown uh, without no, winning the triple close. crown, yeah. though. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, And I think there's only five guys that have done it, and Gretzky, of course, one of them, but yeah. uh, Mario. But outside of that, it's, uh, it's an extremely hard thing to do. You know, that Pacific division right now is something. Seattle, 44 points. Calgary, 43. Edmonton, 42 you know, it's the, the, the Albertan teams are in tough because St. Louis and Colorado are out of a playoff spot right now, and Colorado's getting in. For sure. So one of you are dropping out. Seattle, anyway, yeah, they're, they're in trouble. And the Leafs have Seattle coming in on Thursday, and it's just you guys are higher it's on a lot Seattle less of me. a gimme putt than it was 12 Last months year. ago. Sure is. But, like, what really changed? So they added Burakovsky. And that, that's a big deal. He's a good player. He's oh, a good player. Okay. 
Yeah, he's a good player. There's another B name, right? Berkowski and someone else. And then the young... Uh, Beniers yeah. has been very good. Maybe that's what I was thinking he, of. He's been really good. And I will say, the underlying numbers have Seattle as fairly legitimate. They're in the proper quadrant of expected goals each way. So, yeah. Pretty good hockey team. Not that great. Pretty good. They're just good depth. Like, they've got good players on all four of their lines. Like, you need... It does remind me of the year that Vegas went all the way, just in that their fourth line is actual hockey players. Yeah, and their decor is a little How about Jared McCann's on pace for like 40 goals or something? Who would you rather have, Jared McCann or Justin Hall? Justin Hall by a good distance. Watch, so today on sportsnet.ca, I wrote about Justin Hall. I wrote about him because after that boo sesh, when the fans are sick of him, he had been terrible through a large portion of the season. So I was picking through a lot of his play. First half of the year, he's below 50% in expected goals. Since then, he's been above. He's leading the team in defensive zone starts, second in quality of competition. He penalty kill minutes. Do you know who's been on the most on the ice the most for this Leafs this season? It's Justin Hall. More than Mitch Marner. More than Austin Matthews. A very yeah, good team. I don't, I don't care about that. You don't care about the guy who plays the most minutes on the third no. best team in the league. I care with your answer to this question. Okay. Do you trust him in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Wholeheartedly. Okay, I don't. Same. Wholeheartedly. He is so reliably effective for them. He's a guy that gets taken for granted. If you look at the guy who leads teams in time on ice for the year among good teams and look at their salaries, he makes $2 million. Yeah. You can't have this Leafs team constructed the way it is yeah. without guys like him who are worth I, I, five. I didn't like him last night either. No, it wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't love him last night either. Oh, my God. <laughs> who blew by him there on, uh, was it on? Uh, Which goal was it? The uh, At the blue uh, line, yeah, did he get stepped around? I think it was on Saad Shen, goal? maybe, yes. Yeah. I, no. You guys think Willie Nylander has a, a forward as a defense, a future as a defenseman? Uh, probably not. Did you see... The in overtime, the the walk around oh, where he twice. like he literally just turned his he pivoted. I actually yes. I was like, did yes. he? What had happened there? He just let the guy skate around him. I think that's one of the number one things that frustrates people with Willie Nylander is we we can't do this. Though. No, no, Willie no, Nylander is the best. No, player he was amazing. But like going night. back in history it's with just, him, if he yeah. knows he's not getting to a puck, he's probably not putting in that extra stride a lot of the times, right? Like, yeah. that was always the, the knock on stride it. Yes. where I'll try so people it's think like it It's like Hyman was, like, skating a mile a minute, and he, even if he's getting to it or not. Yeah. So it's, that was kind of the thing. But it was funny. Like, I really it was, was unbelievable Amazing. last night for me. I think they, they need to uh, be very careful with Giordano in the back half, too. So Who we, hammered him last night the off the goal? Oh yeah. He uh, got... Neighbors. He got <laughs> smoked. Yeah. If he was on the ice today... Then they need new doctors because he got hammered last night. I hope he stayed in bed all day. He was looking through some watery eyes with a yes. the nose smashed into the glass after that one. And then it led directly to a goal. It did. Led directly to a goal. So, um, anyway, check out the Hall article. Been reliable for them. Been, uh, you know, a lot better than the start so, of the season anyway. So if they were going to make a trade for a defenseman, the guy you would want replaced on the back end is who, Kipper? Is it Hall or is it Lilligren, Sandine? What, who is it? You just want Hall lower down the lineup. Don't you love Hall in your third yeah. pairing? Yeah, yeah, third pairing. Yeah. Third pairing guy for me. Okay. Yeah, uh, it, is, it remains to be seen if Sandine and Lilligren will be in the lineup in game one of the playoffs. It 
you can hate on that all you like out there for all the the numbers people. It's not. I'm not sold that they don't think they need to get more stout, as some people like to say. You know, because Brody's in, Riley's in, mm-hmm. Giordano's in, yeah, Hall's in, yeah, and you assume they're gonna they're, they they will bring someone in. Yeah, they're gonna bring someone. They're in. They're gonna bring somebody in. Yeah, this is not. And they're not. They're res- not making one move reset at the him. deadline. What's that? And it'll reset Justin Hall. Yeah. Put him back. You know, he, like I said, he's played the most minutes of the of anyone on the Leafs this year. He could probably play less than that. <laughs> that would be good for the team, I would imagine. Okay, any thoughts on uh, Tage Lemieux? Yeah. I don't think... 30 he's goals good. this season for the Buffalo Sabres. Jan 4, 30 goals. Wow. Yeah, when Buffalo signed that contract this offseason, I thought they're probably like, yeah, this is, you know, we got some good value here. We're going to get a... We're gonna get a Good player that's going to be good for us for a long time. I don't think they expected that the guy that's going to lead the league in goals. Connor McDavid, 33 goals. Thompson, 30. Bo Horvat, 28. Alex Ovechkin, 28. Wow. Uh, Robertson, 26. That's your top five. Robertson slowed down. Yeah, I, significantly. Uh, wow. He where, where's uh, So we've got uh, a decent hockey player in Verana from the Detroit Red Wings on waivers. Cleared waivers today. When things are going well, he looks like a legit 25-goal scorer, maybe 30-goal scorer. He was part of that big trade with the Washington Capitals. Mantha. For Mo Mantha. Anthony Mantha. All right, yeah. Mo. Mo. Is that his my dad? era. No, I don't think so. No. Uh, a defenseman that played for the Philadelphia Flyers. In it's a great days. name, Mo Mantha. Hell of a handle. Oh, you don't want no. less Mantha. You want no. No. Mo Mantha. It was Momentum. <laughs> yeah. That was oh my yeah. god. That was his name. Mo Mantha. Yes. His picture on Hockey TV. So he has I, a, I don't a, think his mustache is not straight. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I don't think it was a huge surprise that he cleared waivers. He's coming off of a, a NHLPA program, uh, presumably for issues off the ice. Yeah. That's always uh, something that. Uh, alongside a, a $5.2 million contract uh, yeah. next season as well. With, that would scare teams off. Yes. That, uh, tough, to, tough to feel like your investment is a reliable and safe one when you're not sure. You're not sure, and that person's not sure, right? Like, I'm sure Verana is trying to figure out where to go and what to be now, too. Do you think now, I believe that he's cleared waivers, he's in their farm system, they would pursue trading him at a discount? Well, yeah, that's where it lends towards that every team that if they would have interest, and I'm not even sure if there would be. Again, it's a gamble for taking someone. He, his off-ice reputation's not great. Not great. Would someone be willing to take a flyer on him if uh, Steve Eiserman was to drop $2 million off his deal? Mm-hmm. I wonder if now Tam- or Detroit is in the mode of they would need someone more. Like, when is it more now? When does Detroit want to be good? Not, not, uh, I, I think. Well, it's pretty I soon. Mean, Stevie Eiserman's still in Halifax watching. Yeah. Uh, where is he now? Is it better to stay uh, where he is to miss the playoffs? Or does he, does he concede that he won't make the playoffs and perhaps jockey for positioning for Connor Bedard. I think they'd have to get they're they're too good now. Like I don't They're Vancouver. They're too good to tank. And you know what? That is their own doing. This offseason they went and got 
David Perron and yeah. Ben Sherratt, and you know yeah. they got seven new players. Andrew Cop. Nobody signed more people in the offseason than they did. Yeah. Billy Huso. So you and to that, do that and then sell off to tank, tough to see. They're seven points out of playoffs. Here's the problem: they got to clear too many teams. Yeah, yeah, they ain't making the playoffs. Okay, so God, they should tank. Just let look me, at this; they should tank. Let me go back to Tage Lemieux's team here, and where is Buffalo? Buffalo is good, but where is Buffalo with making the playoffs? A chance. They're six points behind the Islanders with three games in hand. And they, Tage. And Tage on their team. Here's the biggest thing. They have thing. Tage. Their goal differential is plus 21. Bad teams don't do that halfway through the season. They're at least okay and competitive, and they can win some games. They had that stupid, was it eight-game losing streak? Yeah. That's just. The hell was that? That was stupid. I am. Shouldn't have done that. I am the believer. They need a, they need a goalie. I am the believer that. I'm leaning towards Pat Kane not being traded. Okay. Yeah. But? Yeah. For the biggest reason is he, he's there's a lot more guys that need to chase Stanley Cups than this guy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't strike me as a guy that wants to play on three different teams in 12 months. Yeah. It doesn't strike me as a guy that wants to leave his family to go sit in a hotel for three months uh, knowing that he can't resign with a contending team. Yeah. But. <laughs> so. <laughs> but. but okay, here it is. Could Buffalo convince him to come home? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't they love that? He has a Tuxa Buffalo boy, too. Like, like bring, bring the Buffalo the boys home. Trade for him now. And then, and then sign him? For sure. Like he, you're, it's you're no rental. We're here. You, we're going to yeah, give you the deal not, that you there's want. There's no third team. We're going to give you the deal you want, and you are retiring a Buffalo Saber. What would you give Kane for years, though? Being that he's it looks like he's slowing yeah. down. He hasn't been very good. Pretty considerably. Sorry, he hasn't been very good at all this year. Tough to look good on a garbage team when there's no incentive to win, right? Yeah. Like it's really tough to get a sense for yeah. what a guy could do if he flipped a switch. He's, is he's it ridiculous 20- for Buffalo to think that they'd need to spend nine million on him? Oh my God! Yes, that's yeah, that's, that's worse than you don't think he's signing for nine million next year with a team? Oh my God, no! Okay, what's the number? I don't know, but it's not nine. I mean, I'm not a GM, but I'm offered like he's he's dashed twenty four this year. Yeah, it's a bad team, and it's a team that quit on him. He's got twenty seven points in thirty seven games on an awful team. Yeah. Oh, he's still good, oh, guys. Oh, I know, I know, I know. He's still but, good. But Kipper, he's 34. He? Okay, so I'm not saying <laughs> that you need to sign him just seven years. But I'd give him the Malkin contract. What did four, Joe Pavelski get? Four times get? six, whatever. What did Joe Pavelski get? Didn't he get a couple contracts? Yeah, but not for uh, not for much money. How he, old is he? Yeah. Did he get three and a half million for a year or something? Like, I don't think he got. I would be. Buffalo would have more room to give him uh more than Malkin got from Pittsburgh, I think. So four by seven? Yeah. Yeah, listen, I, maybe nine's not the number. Maybe yeah. seven and a half is. But that's the one scenario I could see that might intrigue him. So uh, Pavelski is 5-5 five, five this year, and next year's a, um, yeah, 5-5 five, five again, it looks like. Oh, cap hit is 3.5. I don't know how that works. AV 5-5. Five, five. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, that one would uh, make Buffalo 
a lot more fun. Oh, it would be awesome. That would be really fun to root for the Sabres, adding Pat Kane, going on a run, pushing down the stretch. If you look at teams, you know, that they would have to catch, the Islanders, they're they're, they're flawed. The Penguins are flawed. Like, it's not impossible for them to get home. And really, what's the lo- what's the harm here? Like, they're not... They're too good to bottom out. Yeah, and it'd be a lot have more. Any lottery balls? I think it'd be a lot more fun for their fans to be in a race here, going down the stretch, as I opposed to for, be tanking at a five yeah. percent chance. And I dark. think for developing players, you got to get in some hunts, right? You got to play in some games that matter. You want to come to the rink with these guys, getting the feel for like, okay, we're going up against the Leafs tonight. We need these points. I guess they get up against the Leafs often, but pick a different team. Yeah. You know, we need these points. So I like that. Uh, Rangers and the Canes, 11 game heater. How many times have we heard broadcasters now, and me included, use the term heater? So mad at Jack. So overused right now. (laughs) I put it on the lineup. I'm banning myself from using it. That's why I said it, because it's in in your lineup. Should we? You you Ron Burgundy did it? You wrote it? Just read it? Real Kipper and Bourne ban heater. Mm. I like heater. Yeah, it's in. It's hot right now. It is. It's on a bit of a heater. (laughs) Heater's on a heater. (laughs) Scram beat it. There you go. There you go. Um, This is another good team in the East, the Rangers. Okay, where where is this going with uh, their first pick overall, uh, Lafreniere? That's a great question. Do you have any answers? Because I sure don't. God, I'd be buying low. There's people now speculating that Vancouver's calling... Uh, their oh, assistant yeah. general manager uh, was the agent uh, for Lafreniere. Yes. Yeah. So, really? Yeah. Really? Emily. Emily? Yeah. Yeah. Emily was the agent for him. But I just, I, there's there's not a chance he's getting moved right now. Not a chance. No? How do you move him? I think you trade him pretty easily. You know, you know what situation you can he's trade in? him easily, but you can trade him for a bag of feathers really easily. Yeah, and that's your own fault. I, no, I, it's not your own fault. You don't let him go. You know what this is to me? It's the Jake DeBrest situation, where like the coach and the player seem to have some sort of issue. The player seems to be unhappy, correct? Underachieving, put down the but lineup. Like, so a little so, opportunity yeah, could you know, go. Sammy, to the moon. you know, you call up Vancouver and you say you want Lafreniere, and they're like, yeah, he's not good enough to. Uh, be an everyday player for you, right? Okay, let's let's start the negotiation off of that. Yeah. So you, you guys want to trade us your healthy scratch? Okay. Yeah. Or I think, or I think you'd say if you're the Rangers, be like, yeah, he's just we're we're having a tough time with our lineup right now. We got a lot of great yeah. guys playing well. He's a first overall pick. Yeah, he's going to be a star. He's going to be a star. Yeah. There's all those. Yeah. I think that conversation so, can go both yeah. ways. First pick overall is going to be a star. Bo uh, Horvat. Two two first rounders. <laughs> no. I, I'd That's be taking a chance. I would, trade, cannot, I would trade. You cannot trade this guy off of him being a healthy scratch. It's it's asinine. It's, it's bad asset management. I would you trade two first for no Lafreniere? I'd trade one. You, first of all, the Leafs first are like twenty seventh. Not you. you it's fourth. still undetermined what he is. It is. That's the issue. Yes. That's why I like to get in there and say, yeah, we'll take him off your hands. Well, you can buy him low right now. Yeah, yeah. But the Rangers, uh, that that wouldn't be in the best interest of the Rangers right now. You mentioned uh, Jake DeBrusque. Fractured fibula. Really? Yeah. Off of uh, the outdoor game? I don't know. Here's what the Leafs need. The Bruins to fall apart. Frank Cervelli just said that. No shock given that he didn't accompany the Bruins out west. Jake DeBrusque has a fractured fibula that will keep him out. Tough blow for DeBrusque playing the best hockey of his career. 
Yeah, that's too bad. That's they were, unfortunate. They were, uh, really they were impressive in the outdoor game, only because it didn't look very good. And then uh, back half of the uh, the game, they just... Like, they, we'll just win this. Just win it. I think we'll just win this game. They have some experience at flipping that switch and winning. Allmark, 21, 1-1. One, and one. <laughs> Who has that record? That's, that's Nolan Ryan. Uh, <laughs> that's stupid. Prime. There's only one place for him to go. You know that, right? Up. To Continuing the, to go up. <laughs> forever. Okay, our thanks to Anthony Stewart, Jason uh, Bukala at the World Juniors, which gets underway in maybe an hour and a half. Looking forward to that. Uh, pretty fast two hours here. Yeah, we still have. We'll just do tomorrow show off this. I'm never letting Sammy run a practice, a hockey practice, ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Love it. Doesn't like the shootouts. Okay, and thanks to all of you watching, listening, downloading Sportsnet Now, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. We're back again tomorrow. Real Kipper and Born. Have a great night, everybody.